everyone. This is your host, Danny, and here's what you can expect on today's episode of Opinioneering. Hope you all enjoy it. It was, it was amazing. Air fives across the table. I must be in the wrong universe. All of the above. There's different Spider-Man. This is the difference between propaganda and art, right? From different universes. That's a practical, classic storytelling proverb. They really invented something new visually. I don't even care about the MCU right now. Like, that was quite literally, like, the perfect, most beautiful note to send off Stanley's legacy. Uh, movies that we saw over uh, December, because like Jason said in the previous episode, we took the month off because we didn't want to record. We want to spend time with our families, but now we are officially in season three, so we're going to be kicking off some great stuff. So, the movie that I want to kick off right here, Moses, I know this one you haven't seen yet, but just like when you were on for Final Fantasy for Dummies, um, and I was the dummy, ask your questions. Ask away. Jason and I are going to be talking about this a little bit in depth. Where's oh the restroom? Oh my goodness. The restroom's the first one on the left in the okay, hallway. Okay, thanks. Okay, cool. That could be my question. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Yes, Dan. And before I tell you what I thought, I want you to give your thoughts first and uh, carry on. I don't know. Like, Here's the thing. Sometimes I think about our podcast and it's like, do we have an explicit lyric logo yeah, on we our do. podcast? Yeah. Because if we do, I want to say... That was the most beautiful fucking movie. Beautiful, like, like special effects wise. All of the above, <laughs> like, like A that, to Z. The animation style was superb. Like, okay, so just as an example, um, I guess today because of computer algorithms and whatever, most CG animation is done in 24 frames per second but it's one frame per second because their algorithms need to calculate motion of fabrics and physics based on one frame per second like you can't so for this they recreated it into traditional animation by doing um basically on the twos so it's really 12 frames per second but they doubled it so each frame lasts two frames Mm -hmm. Um, so that to like from the ground up rebuild all these algorithms and whatever, um, in order to animate this, and it's not only visually unbelievable, like I love the color palette. <laughs> what? You're giving me a look. Um, I love the color palette. I love the character design. Um, <clears throat> I love the animation that it blended. This kind of like comic book panel um like those like dots of like you know what i'm talking about like newspaper printed right yeah um <clears throat> but still had like a modern sensibility um and then the story for me this is my favorite marvel movie my favorite superhero movie wow that's big it's big okay Here's my opening line. Oh, no. We're going to shut it down if you... Here's my opening line. Well, if I don't agree with you, you're going to shut it down? No, if you go the route of so I don't agree nihilism. With you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's obsolete. Um, if this movie is not nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, it'll be criminal. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Air fives across the table. Yeah. It was absolutely probably one of the best movies of last year hands down period the end the end it was 
a film. Like everyone's like, Danny, you have to see depressing shit. Danny, you no, this movie was a film. The story impeccable. I have one note out of the entire, not just the story. I have one note out of the entire movie, and I'll get to that. But the story, amazing. The kid, the acting, the voice acting, yes. amazing. The art, amazing. The pacing, um, everything worked perfectly, beautifully. I it, literally, it'll be criminal if this movie is not nominated for best picture. Beauty and the Beast was nominated for best picture in 1993. Okay, because <laughs> Beauty on. and the Beast is mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is seriously like I, Disney yeah. owns Marvel. That's mainstream. Oh, yeah. Disney owns the Academy Awards. Right. <laughs> oh, then maybe. What do you think good. Black Panther got? <laughs> that was Golden Globes though. Same thing. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I just got back from there. <laughs> no, but seriously, hands down, I I I I I welled up in a couple places in this movie. Dude, can we talk? I'm pretty sure. So I don't know if you know this. Stan Lee had a cameo in Teen Titans Go. I didn't know. I, yeah, I knew he had a cameo in it. Like, but and I, I just, it. it just goes to show, like that. A that show is amazing. <laughs> um, but because it's like the one, and it's like the one thing that like branched across the aisle. Like, dude, Stan Lee, get in here, have a cameo. <laughs> it's like he walked on so like Stan Lee. Yeah, it's like get your ass in front that, of the No, camera. that's like quite a hundred percent. Literally, what happens in Teen Titans Go? Oh, <laughs> like they're like they're like running through like the Warner set or whatever, and like all of a sudden Stan Lee pops in and he's like, oh, I love cameos, and Rob is like, get the fuck out of the. <laughs> Is that what he says? What is it? Where's the the line where he's like, "I must be in the wrong, I must be in the wrong universe." Yeah, 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 like yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah, something yeah. like that. That's yeah, awesome. That's classic. Um, but in this, his cameo was like, and I'm pretty. I don't know for certain, but I imagine I'm pretty sure it's safe to say this was his final appearance. No, Endgame is will be. Did Endgame. he have something in there? Yeah, he has Endgame. Let's just pretend this was his final. Appearance. I would be happy. Like, that was quite literally, like, the perfect, most beautiful note to send off Stanley's legacy. Yeah. That when Miles is holding this Spidey costume, and he's like, I don't know if it'll fit. And he's like, it always fits, eventually. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, the way they told it of, like, dude, you're going to grow into this. Today, you might not be there. Yeah. But eventually, you're going to get there. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like rip my heart out. Like that was so beautiful. It was a, it was so, it was a refreshing pace. It was so refreshing from both. It's kind of like refreshing when you actually read a good uh, news article and you're, you stop watching CNN and Fox News <laughs> and you read like, oh man, that was a good article. It had truth in it. It had this, it had, it didn't shove an opinion down my throat. It said, here are the facts. Go, go. Here's what it is. It's literally what it was. It wasn't this dark, gritty from DC. And then it wasn't like, huh, let's crack it. There was jokes in it, but it wasn't the Marvel formula. Yeah. It was such a good <gasps> movie. So amazing. Like, the, the Peter's funeral is, I wept on that part. Like, yeah. I really did. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually, this is actually extremely touching what Mary Jane is saying. And then he's standing in, in the crowd of everyone. And then here's the thing that you probably thought I hated, but I think that this is how you do it. This is how you say everyone can be a hero. Not Star Wars. That's <laughs> BS to me. This is a beautiful way on how you can, A, I, okay, first, mm, did you see Bendis' cameo? No. Bendis had a cameo. Well, actually, it was just his name. 
It was in the cell phone. Oh, in the cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, B. Bendis. Right. If anyone that doesn't know, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, the person that we um, get on the case for, you know, ruining Star, uh, Superman right now, um, he actually had a, his, his time of reign. He was a great writer. He's the one who actually created um, Miles Morales in the Ultimate Universe. So um, that is how you, like, I think this is the perfect time that we have had, we've had Peter for so long. And please, if you have not um, heard our earlier episode, our third episode, I think, is called Spider Dynamite, where Jason was saying, we, we were joking around because a long time ago, before there was the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they were toying with the idea of allowing the reboot was going to be by the director of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And the, he was going to do the Spider-Man episode. That, yeah. So um, we asked Jason, like, dude, so what do you want to see in this next Spider-Man? You're like, dude, I need me some miles. Like, I've seen so many Peter reboots. I've seen this and that and the other. And this did it so freaking well. It was amazing to see. And I might get some, you know, hate for this, but I hate it when they change a character for the sake of uh, political correctness. I I really, I I don't. But I do love it when they create a character from the ground up to properly, um, to properly represent demographics and people. I love that. And I think Miles in this did it amazingly. Of I loved how they accentuated that he is, his 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 dad is is uh, black and his mom is Puerto Rican. She's speaking the Spanish to him and stuff like that. And then how like even some of the music that he's yeah. listening to has that. It was it was amazing. I, we've seen a good Peter Parker movie. Let's move on. Let's see something great. And they did this, and they brought in other ethnicities, they brought in other races, and they did it amazingly with Gwen. They brought in women like and and that is a part of comic book lore. I have no problem with that. It's part of comic lore. You created a character. You wanted a Peter Parker. You had Silk. You have other, you know, women characters. And that's great. But when you start changing characters' cores, like like a long time ago, maybe remember they wanted to make Peter homosexual. And I was like, Peter's not homosexual. Like, he's just, he's, he's not. Like, that's not his core. Now, if you want to create a homosexual character, create a homosexual character. I'm all for that. But leave a character be. And then with representation... How do you how do you how do you handle representation? DC has done a pretty good job in creating um, Captain Marvel. What's her name now? Uh, isn't she Arabic? Are you talking about the comics? Oh, yeah, the comics. That's not Captain Marvel. That's Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Sorry. Like they created a new character, or then Richard Rider, and, and then you're passing down the torch to this next generation. This was a perfect movie for me to take my son for the next generation. That's what I think. I think it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful the way it was done. Who can all be heroes? Everyone can be heroes. And it was done tactfully, beautifully, respectfully from the ground up to me. Yeah. And I think in just to ever so slightly for the briefest second, yep. poke at the hornet's nest. Because um, I know one of your big pet peeves in uh, The Last Jedi, and granted, this was done way too on the nose, but you know they really emphasize <laughs> quite literally Kylo is like in the dialogue, like let the past die, um, and it's it's a little too on the nose. But this quite literally does the exact same plot point, yeah. It yeah. just does it in a way that totally hook, line, and sinker. You're like, I'm all for this because the opening segment is the OG Peter uh, telling his origin. Mm-hmm. And- no, no, no. The OG Peter is the Amazing Spider-Man. Is is uh, Nick Miller? That's the OG. No. 
Well, in the same Miles in the universe, universe. In the, in the not Peter, not Peter B. Parker, but Peter Parker, right? And he's going around and he's showing, and he's like, no matter how many times I get hit, I always get up, and I'm Spider Man, and I love being Spider Man. And there's literally a moment that shows him like swinging above the city, and this like golden glow radiating behind him, and he's like, I'm Peter Parker, the one and only Spider Man. Yeah, and it takes this idea of like this like savior hero, the one and only. And then the next scene, minutes from late from then, we find out like this this idea has fallen, mm-hmm. and it all of a sudden introduces us to to this concept that across you know in their world the multiverse like there's other people who are all received a similar quote unquote calling from all walks of life, and at the end of the day, like Stanley's beautiful cameo shows like you'll grow into it eventually like. All it takes is to be the person who says, like, I want to stand up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a ending quote at the end of the credits yeah. from Stan Lee that basically says in, in his, you know, I, in his mind, whoever stands up to help someone because it's the right thing to do, that person is a real life superhero. Yeah. And this movie kind of embodies that. And I think it did such a beautiful job showing whether you're teenage Miles Morales whether you're whichever person, like all these different characters, the one factor that ties them together is not the power, not this radioactive spider bite, but it's what you do afterwards. Yeah. And um, man, it did such a masterful yeah. job like, at doing I, this. I agree with you that it did what Star Wars was trying to do, but Star I don't have no problem with passing the torch. Like the animes that you have shown me is 100% almost all of them passing of the torch. Yeah, that's a very big uh, concept. Right. It's passing the torch, going to the next generation, being um, being there. Um, and that's why I think it did it kind of like what we were talking about before with the Doc Ock, that storyline. It was given yeah. a chance to breathe like a good wine. Right. This story, Miles doesn't get bit until like 30 minutes in. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And then even even like... I love how they did like great expectations, and he's like, "No expectations." Like, I have, I don't know what I yeah. want with my life. Like, they did such a beautiful job. Sorry, Moses, you had a question. No, I was, I was gonna say, um, as you guys were talking, I was just thinking about this. Um, how I think you're really touching on. I haven't seen this film, but I think you're really touching on what the core of superheroes is, are about. Why Superman? Sorry to bring that in again. <laughs> yeah, again, I haven't seen this film. Yeah, um, but this is a common thread I think with most of the superheroes, especially the ones that are not antiheroes. But superheroes as inspirational. Yeah, obviously that's a core Superman attribute. But um, you think about when superheroes came into being; they were created by Jewish writers. Um, so you definitely have a messianic sort of thread through superherodom. Yeah. Um, but. When you think about like where, you know, like the Messiah, like Christ said, um, greater works than these you'll do, you know, in a sense, like you'll come afterward. It's essentially saying like, you'll do greater works than these. Right. And we're like greater works than Christ. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like what? But in the sense of having that to aspire to having that as an inspiration, mm-hmm. you could see that really bleed into, into superheroes themselves. Um, that right. Like you, you said, like a lot of the, they were written like Joel Schuster. He's right. Jewish yeah. Batman. Yeah. Um, and a very Siegel. strong myth, messianic thread <clears throat> yeah. in, in, uh, 
in superhero stories that are told sometimes again, you know, really on the nose, really superficial. Yeah. But I think at their core, you're saying, look, if you're, if you're a good person, it doesn't matter what your power set is. It doesn't matter if you can, you know, uh, climb buildings, fly and are invincible or shoot fireworks from your fingertips or can do. Yeah. Or you can't do, I mean, it's like such a, like a worthless power. Like seriously, it's like you got Superman, you got Wolverine and you can shoot 4th of July. <laughs> Big screaming deal. Yay. But the point being that, you know, whatever you have the ability to do, you can, you can use it for good. Yeah. You know, you can use your talents and your skills for good. You can't be somebody else. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. I can't be a YouTuber. I can't be a producer, a, a streamer, or all these other things. Um, but I can try to use what I do for good yeah. and, and make good out of it. Dude, yeah. I think that is such a beautiful, well-said thought. Like, you, like, are there maybe the Supermans of the world? Sure. But whoever you are in your lot, in your specific giftings you can use that for right for good in your immediate sphere of influence even if it's whether it's like just the dad who goes to work every day but it's like these kids of mine mm-hmm. i'm gonna instill uh, you know goodness into them or whether it's you know the person's shooting fireworks out of their fingers <laughs> right. and when some kid is terrified like i uh, like superman's on his way but right now i'm going to distract you with this and give you hope yeah, <laughs> for right? the 30 yeah. seconds till he gets here and sort yeah. of the antithesis of this <laughs> concept right, is celebrity worship right right yeah. um where you put and i love watchmen that's a whole can of worms right there, obviously. <laughs> right, yeah that's sort of the antithesis of what we're talking about you you like watchmen I do. Hmm. Um, There's aspects of Watchmen that I absolutely love. Right. Fallen, well, fallen, a, the fallen nature of yeah. them as being human beings. As a thought experiment, that. Watchmen is fascinating in yeah. the context of superheroes. But, um, but celebrity worship being you saying to yourself, this person can do this so well, I could never compare. And that paralyzes you right. into nothing. So you remain inactive. There's a lot of that, I think, in in our world where people exist in sort of a a hopeless haze of just living their lives hoping that somebody else will make a difference. Right. But it's like you can't really – I mean, what were you – well, it goes back to do you believe that your life has a purpose? Do you believe that lives have a purpose? Do you believe the universe is here for a reason and you're here for a reason? I do. Right. Um, And I think the adventure of life is discovering what that is. Yeah in your various ways. You know, it doesn't mean you have to have a specific worldview, but discovering what you can do with your your attributes and your abilities is what life is about. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's this phenomenon that they call the bystander effect where if there is, say, some kind of emergency, whether it be a fire or whatever, if there's enough people around no one will call for help mm. because everyone assumes, assumes. someone else is, is calling for help. Um, and that's like a real life thing. And so just that idea of like, no, it, 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 it's being aware and taking the opportunity of as simple as even if I'm not the one who's going to run in to the burning building, but I'm, I'm going to pick up a phone. You know what I mean? Right. Like doing something, doing something. Yeah. I think there's something beautiful in that of, you know, just helping others and, you know, 
I, it might sound kind of silly, uh, seeing as how we're a nerd pop culture podcast, but we've kind of discussed Christian themes in the past. And, um, you know, first John three sixteen says like greater love has no man than this, that, that he lays down his life for his friend. Right. Um, there's this, this concept of this like self sacrificial love that says like when, when someone else is in need, I'm going to rush in in whatever small means maybe, but, but I'll be there. And I think that there's a beautiful um, story at work in, in spider verse that kind of showcases that when you see there's, you know, even like Penny Parker who has no superpowers of her own, but it's like, I got a giant robot and yeah. miles who is inexperienced compared to these others. But he's like, I'm, I, I just want to get in there because I can't, just watch anymore. Um, I think they did a really good job of not only showing the making of the everyday, every man hero. It was a beautiful origin story. Yeah. It was such a gorgeous origin story. And if you notice at the end, it, so whenever a new Spider-Man or, or Spider-Being, right? Um, Cause you got uh Spider-Pig and then you also got Penny and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so a new a new Spider Man essentially, um, they a comic book like it'll it'll shoot out and it'll go like like uh like it'll break the fourth wall and you'll go to a table and then the comic book will pff, land flat and it'll have a cover of like a splash page of the no it's like it oh, literally is a comic book oh, okay. like it will fall, it'll fall on the on the on the table and then that character say it's Spider Gwen she's like okay let me catch you up and then pff, the pages flicker and be like. My name is Gwen Stacy. I was bit by it, and then it'll give maybe what a minute and twenty five yeah. seconds, and to that, get you caught that's like you. the pacing. I yeah. think is like phenomenal, so on so point, good. The like my that- son, who is five, <laughs> understood. There's different Spider Man from different universe. He doesn't understand the concept of universe. Like, oh, they're from somewhere else. That's all he knew. Yeah, they came from far away. They're somewhere else. But I know that's not the same Spider-Man as that one. Right. Uh, like, uh, the only clue that I got, he knew just because of the hair color, and he knew other things. But if you, the amazing Spider-Man, which I love that they gave Nick Miller this voice, like, right. talk about perfect casting. Oh, yeah. Um, He's like, hey, my name is Ben, uh, 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 Peter, Peter B. B. Parker, yeah. which is the amazing Spider-Man, Peter B. Parker. I've been Spider-Man for 22 years. The first Spider-Man, the ultimate Spider-Man, Chris Pine. Um, which... He did amazing. Like, even there's one, there's two lines. Like, he doesn't have a whole ton of screen time. No, no. But, like, he so sold me just in the two parts. There's one part where he's fighting Prowler, and he just, like, slips in this little line where he's like, I'm so tired. And you're just like, dude, I, like, he just has this, like, whoa, I felt that. Like, Spider-Man is, like, beat right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when Miles, he's like, you're like me. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want it. He's like, I don't think you have a choice, kiddo. Yeah. And you're like, dude, he just sounded like so mentor yeah. figure. Like, I just believed it of like, dude, this is a Spider-Man who just cares. Yeah. Well, it's also an early Spider-Man. It's 10 years, right? Yeah. And then you get Nick Miller's Spider-Man. And he's like 22 years. He's got a paunch belly. Yeah. And like, he's like, I don't care. I'm I'm separated from Mary Jane because I didn't want to have kids because they freak me out. You know, kind of thing. That right. was, okay. So the two things that I had. I didn't have any problems. Again, this movie should be nominated for Best Picture, in my opinion, hands down. Um, one thing is the big, freaking, ginormous um, 
spider lab <laughs> underground. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It's, he has like a bat cave, but it's like a spider cave underneath <laughs> Aunt May's home. Like this thing is huge. But did you notice how it's basically the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Yeah. Like even the house, the house is like, the oh, dude, the that's the house from Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the upside down kiss. Yeah. And like everything. You're like, oh, it's Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yep. Um, so that was one qualm. The other qualm, oh, I was just about to say it. Oh, that's what it was. Um, when you don't know what to do with some characters that you've done so much, it's one of two things. Give them a kid or make them afraid of kids. And too, too many times that are not, it's afraid of kids, which I give it in in this generation before I started having kids, I was scared to have kids. You know, I, I can relate to that kind of thing, but I've seen it a lot. You know, I've I've seen it a, a lot, but slight cliche. It's a, yeah, yeah, it was a little cliche, but I didn't mind it because the way they did it with this new Peter Parker, well, not new Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider Man. Um, they did it so well, and the pacing of it. Well, especially because character. that was part of his story arc. Like by the end, literally, like in the ending scene, he's like praising Miles, and he's like, "Do I want kids?" Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, dude. Like oh, I laughed so hard. <laughs> what was the part that you laughed at the hardest? Oh, uh, there's a few. I don't know. I, I feel the like... The comedy I, insertion was brilliant, too. I feel... It really was. I feel brilliant. like because I watched it with my four-year-old and my six-year-old, and hearing them laugh made me laugh. Um, oh, Connor just laughed when people would, like, like slapstick stuff. Like, some of... Okay, some of my favorite moments, personally, were the... um When he's, like, in front of Gwen, and he's like, oh, it's a puberty thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> so that's not puberty. Yeah, like, he can't figure out... He doesn't know what puberty is, and... um. <laughs> And then I know you don't love John Mulaney, but I feel like he was born to play this character. No, I think <laughs> like he's a knockoff ca- of Nathan Lane. Uh, maybe I don't know. Either way, I feel like he did so great as this like Spider Ham. Mm-hmm. But when he's like, "Here's a hammer. It'll fit in your pocket." And <laughs> <laughs> like, he's all like, and "That's all." Folks. That's all. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls that, and then <laughs> so, so they break the false wall a lot yeah. in this movie. So even like, uh, do you know who Nick Miller is? Do you watch New Girl? Okay, so Jake Johnson is his name. Um, perfect voice for older Spider-Man as a, as a lazy person. Um, but they break the fourth wall a couple times. So he's like, when all the Spider-People are supposed to go back to their universe, they're like, hey, kid, you'll be just fine. And they kind of like, here's, here's to you. And Spider-Pig's like, here. And it's like this magical mallet or something <laughs> like that. He's like, it'll fit in your pocket. And it's this like, huge mallet, right? And it's magical. He's like, okay, kid. And he like does like a hand signal. He's like, that's all, folks. And then he like leans back and he falls back into the portal to take him back, right? And then while he's falling, Nick Miller, Jake Johnson's like, "Is that copyrighted?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. No, like Warner Brothers, dude. It's like, hey, 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 dude. No, my like, I I laughed pretty hard. I don't know why. It must have been how he said it, the timing of it, of boom, bam, like right. What happened before that? What happened after that? So when they go see. Octavius, uh-huh. and um, so he's like walking out with 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 the computer stuff, <laughs> right. and his face is like, "I'll be right there, kid. I'm right behind you." Right, right. And then Miles is running down the hallway, and then Peter comes up right next to him, like, "Ooh, okay. Hey, good news. We don't need the monitor." <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like so sarcastic and patronizing, <laughs> and I thought about that too. I'm like, oh, he's right. You need the monitor. He's like, oh, okay, good news. We don't need the monitor. <laughs> yeah, so good. 
um, I loved it. I loved the introduction. It wasn't like this huge wave of all these spider characters. It it, it fluctuated very nicely in Peter, and then with with his universes, um, uh, not Peter Miles and his universes, Spider Man, the fall from that, and then him going to his you know his his in the graveyard and being like, hey, I don't know how to do this, and then hey, and then how they introduce his different powers. The writing of it was so good. I didn't feel like I was being fed anything. But by the end of it, I felt fulfilled and like, yes, anyone could be a hero kind of a thing, you know? And I love it. Oh, so Moses, so check this out. He's at Peter Parker's funeral, right? It's in front of this huge church. Everyone's there. And that's how Miles gets a spider suit because they sell it because they find out that Peter was Spider-Man. So then Mary Jane's doing the eulogy speech in front of this church. Like Peter thought everyone could be, you know, she's doing this beautiful speech. And so everyone started, went out and bought their own Spider-Man masks, Spider-Man costumes, and everyone's like in their day clothes with a Spider-Man mask on, and just you just see Spider-Man in a just sea of people. And then she's like, Peter thought anyone could be a hero, even you. And Miles is sitting there with like wide-eyed. He's like, yeah, even me. And, and they let it simmer for maybe three seconds, and this dude leans over. He's like, yeah, I don't think she actually means you. I think it was kind of a generality thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny but like star wars i told you i hate being preached at in a movie and that's all movies not a soapbox yeah movie is well this is the difference between propaganda and art right right and that's why i think this was the most beautiful art has a message but propaganda makes sure you have to understand that message like by force yeah it's kind of like at the end of the commercials when they have that that uh, that Cinemark commercial where it's like, oh, he uh, he finds the biggest deposit of nacho cheese, you know, and they're going through like the whole movie oh, thing. Right. So you've seen that, and at the very end, like, I'll have a coke, 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 and at the end, I'm like, I might want a coke. That's what I feel when I was watching Star Wars. Like, I get it. No, okay, yes, let the let the end die. But this was not told. It. I don't want someone to tell me let the end die. I let the let the old die. I want someone to show me. It's okay to let the old die. Show don't tell. Yeah. Um, right? That's a that's a practical classic storytelling. Yeah. You know, proverb, right? Show don't tell. And I think this movie was just again, I hope it's nominated. Um it won best animated movie. It is good enough not to just be an animated movie. The art of it gorgeous. The soundtrack. Oh my goodness, the soundtrack was so good. Yeah. Um my kid came home saying, Dad, can you play the Spider-Man songs? <laughs> right. And I was like, okay. And I pulled it up on my Spotify. And it, it wasn't just Sunflowers. Um, Danger, Here I Come or something like that. That's a, that's a fly song. Especially when he's like, okay, just a leap of faith. Like, that's another right. cliche thing. Especially because that's one of the most beautiful visual oh, moments. Oh, when he dies off when he's falling Yeah. <gasps> so, like, so that good. song being paired with it. That, like, so what's up, Danger? Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. It was directed by three different people. And I believe it. That's a huge project. That's ginormous. Well, even like we were talking a little bit earlier about animation. So I was reading, I guess, typically in most animation projects, CG animation, Pixar type of deal, um, they animate and render four seconds per week. And... Wait, was it per week or per day? Oh man, I feel like a dummy now. I think let's just say, um, but this one was like one second per 
day, I It has to be day. Yeah. A week, it would yeah, take. Yeah, we would take years. Yeah. <laughs> so four seconds per day versus one second per day. And this was a two-hour movie, Moses. This movie, it's not like an hour and a half. You're good. No, it's two hours. Yeah, so like super intense. But just to say, like, they really, like, invented something new visually. Oh, yeah. It was very innovative. Yeah. Extremely innovative. And not just the fact of like, oh, I got, you know. It wasn't, because a lot of times when I first saw it, I thought it was like, oh, yeah, they put thought bubbles when he's doing something. It was like when he taps the table, you hear like tap, 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 tap. You see that, that, that written out. Yeah. You see that. And then also, I, I'm, I have a theory that if I go in there and watch it with 3D glasses, it's going to look different. Like, I, I, I would almost guess that they actually put 3D effects on some parts. I, I would, I'd put money on it. Because they, they, they messed with the reds and the blues in some areas, especially with the background when it came to the, uh, to the skylines when he's like diving off. I would, I would put money on it. And it took your eyes a while to adjust. Like my son thought the movie was broken. Because at the very beginning, it's like, you know, kind of a thing. And it had these, um, these uh, uh, polygons of like different uh, shades of colors and stuff like that. My son was like looking up like, what the heck's going on with this movie? So it does a good job immersing you into a different type of universe. Um, and they had these these retelling stories. So at the very end of each, like Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir, that was <laughs> casting gold. Um, but at the end of all of their stories, because they're like, let me give you a recap. I'm the Spider-Man of this universe. Blah, 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 blah. And then it says like, I got here, and this was New York, but it wasn't my New York. So it's six characters saying, this was New York, but it's not my New York. It's not New York, it's not my New York. So, But they did it at different times, splattered along this, this, the story of two hours, because each Spider-Man, Spider-Person gets introduced at different times. You know, it, it, at like Peter's first, then Gwen, and then the other three kind of come pretty rapidly after that. But um, it kind of immerses you in like, this is a different universe. But I had something similar, which is Peter. And I've on these people, me and kids, I've only known Peter, you know? I've read the Miles, but I'm just saying like, the natural movie goer is like, oh, I only know Peter Parker. But this is up there to me. It's probably the Dark Knight still on a different, the depravity of man type of thought process that I like to delve into my own brain takes the cake because that's just my, um, that's, the, that's the gene pool. That's the sandbox I like to play in. But Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse is probably the best comic book movie probably of all time. I'd be down for that. It's up there. I mean, you have the nostalgia, great, you know, Christopher Reeves Superman kind of a thing that's like great i love it it's nostalgia it's a good, but as a movie when it was made was it made well yes special effects were great acting was good christopher reese come on and then even uh, margot kidder you know kind of thing like great stuff mm-hmm. but it didn't and again it has no slight to richard Donner or anything like that but it didn't tell me anything about humanity you know um these movies are more talking to me about that so i'm okay i i, I i'm okay with saying as a film it's better is it my favorite it's up there. It's up there with the Riverman, Dark Knight, and Enter the Spider-Verse is up there. Like, I don't even, I don't even care about the MCU right now. Like, I really don't, because I saw Spider-Man into the, the Spider-Verse. So anyways, sorry. Um, my review is a solid 10 out of 10. And this is not like, oh, if it's raining outside. No, just go. Go right now and go watch this movie. Grab your kid. It's a great movie. If you're epileptic, do kids, not watch this take movie. Take your wife and take your husband. Because <laughs> they've been watching movies at PM. No, if you have any sense of like epilepsy or anything, do not go watch this movie. That's like seizure central. 
like yeah. really like there's signs posted outside the move the uh, outside the theater like when you walk in like number three this movie has sequences of body oh is there for you yeah yeah they're there there's disclaimers on this movie wow. um jason real quick 10 out of 10 what was your thoughts yeah you know i hate number systems i know um but i'll at least say in the past easily this decade this whatever it's my favorite superhero movie right now yeah like even going back, because the only other thing that even comes close, okay, yes, there's like, dude, Winter Soldier was so damn fun. Yes. Black Panther was amazing. It really was. But what do I think takes a crown? This movie takes a crown. Yeah. 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 I would agree to that. It's better than Winter Soldier to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm for sure. Yeah. Dark Knight was amazing for what it is and probably is one of the only other movies that really stands as like a legit film. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, Spider-Verse just, like, stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs>